Welcome to The Mother-Daughter Journey, a podcast for women working through the tenuous transition of a maturing mother-daughter relationship. I'm Abigail. And I'm Kelly. We know firsthand that the mother-daughter relationship is one of the most fabulous, yet frustrating, relationships you are ever going to have. Even so, we're best friends, business partners, and of course, mother and daughter. So join us as we share our ongoing journey and the lessons we've learned along the way. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the mother-daughter journey. Hi, everyone. We are once again so excited to be here. This time, we are with the amazing Alicia Mastrangello. I said, I thought, I said that right, right? Alicia Mastrangello. Yeah, it's been a long time. You did not. No. Close. You're close. Say, say it for me <laughs> properly. I'm sorry. It's close. It's okay. It's Mastrangelo. Mastrangelo. Wow. I've yeah. been saying your name wrong for years. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. That's right. My oh, mom couldn't funny. get it for a long time. I had to make her a little pronunciation card so my mom could learn how to say my married last name. So happens okay, all the so time. I'm not alone. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. No. Uh, she is, Alicia is the founder of Live It, Love It Wellness. And I'm going to introduce her. So she, what Alicia does is amazing work. She helps women with high functioning anxiety who are ready to give up people pleasing. Yes, please. And self-sacrificing tap into their intuition, prioritize themselves and live life on their terms with more joy, ease, and flow. I love everything about that. Same. Feels so, it's like a... And she does this through a few different ways. Uh, Energy work, intuitive guidance, and handmade Reiki-infused jewelry and art, which I have collected some of those. Same. Exactly. (laughs) Excellent. So we're going to dive right in and ask the first obvious question is, what does the mother-daughter relationship mean to you? You know, um, it's changed for me since my mom has transitioned back into spirit. It's really probably the closest relationship I think people can have because it's, it's your mom. And, you know, my mom taught me so much about just being a strong person and she was my role model for pretty much everything, hard work, dedication, standing up for the people that you love. And I I think it's, you know, as, as important as the relationship is with dad, there is just something so special about the mother daughter bonds that it is just, it just can't be replicated anywhere else. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in good company on that, on yeah. that one. <laughs> we feel that way too. So share with us your transitioning relationship. And when I say that, the first part of this question is from child to adulthood. Talk about your relationship with your mom on that level. Yeah. So I was the firstborn and my mom was fairly young when she had me. So there was a little bit of growing up together, I think. And, you know, my mom didn't have the best childhood ever. So she did whatever she could to make sure that my sister and I had pretty great childhoods. And it really evolved as I grew older into us actually being really good friends. And, you know, as I came into adulthood, my mom was probably one of the closest people to me in my entire circle. And we, even when I was away at college and I eventually moved to Rhode Island, 
we would talk on the phone probably every day, sometimes multiple times a day. So it was a very close relationship. And we definitely were friends as well as, you know, mother daughter doesn't mean we didn't have our moments <laughs> at each other's throats, of course, but of course. You know, it was, we were, we were really close and we continue to be close, you know, even with mom uh, back in spirit now. What would you say based on this closeness were how, what would you say were, was it communication? Was it, what was the, the number one thing you think that helped you stay kind of in flow with the relationship? Definitely communication. And one of the things that was big in my household growing up was honesty. And so not that we wouldn't get in trouble for stuff, but we were always encouraged to just tell the truth and deal with whatever consequences came from that and always to have an honest conversation. And, you know, my parents always treated us as people. And so we, most of the time, we kind of knew what was going on in the family and we knew what was happening. And so we weren't just kind of treated as kids that were kind of shoved in a corner and to be, Should be you know, seen, seen and, not, and heard. not heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was just, you know, having my mom talk to me almost as an equal, but obviously not as an equal because she was still my mom. But just to be treated with the same respect as yeah. all of the adults around us, I think was, was really pretty important. I, I love that. I, I was going to say, I love, I love everything about that. I definitely think that speaking to obviously not just your children, but children in general as individuals and not as children really helps them to feel safe and confident in who they are and to grow into that and heard yes and heard agreed. um which it sounds like you were you were heard and that's amazing can you talk a little bit about the transitioning relationship now from the physical to the spiritual for people out there who might not know how to recognize that leap yeah anybody who knew my mom in life knows that she was feisty and loved big and hard all the time and that really hasn't changed and so it's, it's really it's just about paying attention and there is no such thing as coincidence and so my mom from pretty, pretty much the moment she transitioned into spirit like literally the next day we were receiving signs from her like music would start playing or we would smell a certain smell and it's just recognizing all of that stuff when it happens and so my mom just continues to be as present in my life now and I just encourage folks continue to talk to your mom if she's not here anymore or any loved one just continue to talk to her like you would if she was physically here because she's here they're listening and just pay attention, right? And mm -hmm. tune into all of that stuff. And so, you know, my mom has been funny because she will show up actually as her middle name, which is not a very common name. And, you know, I'll randomly see the name in places when I just am having a day where I just need to know that my mom's still here. And like that name will pop up and it's like, all right, 
heard got it <laughs> thanks for the message mom <laughs> yeah yeah I have to say that is definitely a lesson that I've learned and I don't like to speak from you but I would like to I, I think you've also learned from Alicia absolutely I was going to say the exact same thing yeah I'm very I mean, grateful for that lesson from you because as you were telling the story I was thinking about the very first father's day without my dad and my husband and I went to a park yeah. and took a walk because nature was my dad's thing and there was a goldfinch, which I very rarely see. And I was like, oh, a goldfinch. Um, I love goldfinches. Like dad and I used to do the bird thing. And then we walked for like two miles. And I don't know if it was the exact same bird, but I saw a goldfinch 12 times on that walk in different that, areas. And I was amazing. like, hey, dad, thanks for spending the Father's Day with me today. <laughs> and I would have never, I would have been in my head had I not been open to looking at the signs. So yeah, I appreciate that. And just one example, one more example, I should say, of how lessons that we take and learn from our mother-daughter relationships can be applied to all relationships with loved ones. 100%. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. It's funny in your, it's not funny, but in your bio, you talk about people-pleasing, which is definitely something Mm -hmm. that Abigail and I both struggled with. And so I'm curious how you think people-pleasing plays into the mother-daughter relationship. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's the first person you ever want to please, right, is mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's not anything that I think that moms do on purpose to create little people pleasers. But, you know, they're our mom and they're we look at them as authority figures. And so we always we want to do what we can to make them happy. And for me, also being a, a firstborn and kind of being the one, quote unquote, in charge of, you know, like my little sister and helping around the house and doing all the stuff. It's, it was just, it sort of easily lent itself to being a people pleaser for most of my adult life. And so all of this stuff that I write about in my bio is me. (laughs) It's all of the stuff that I've dealt with and worked on. And it's, it really does, I think, start with that mother daughter relationship of like, i I want to make my mom smile and I want to make my mom happy and I want to contribute good things to her day and not cause any waves. And so, you know, I think that's where it all begins for probably most of us, if I had to guess. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I agree, which is, and I think that just kind of goes to show to the, how deep and connected mothers and their children really are. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's just innate for us to want to make the other one happy and to not cause, like you said, any right. waves and to, and also how that relationship ripples out into the rest of your being and touches the other people, the other relationships that you have. So, yeah. Yes, it totally does because it, I think at some point it starts to just become part of your identity as a person. And then which translates into your identity as a worker and your identity as a colleague and your identity as a student. And so it just sort of ripples out, like you said, into kind of all of those aspects of our being. And it shows up in different ways, you know, depending on which arena you're working in at the time. But there's always kind of that undercurrent of just wanting to keep the peace kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. It doesn't help that I think, well, it it helps, doesn't help as women too. I think we're naturally inclined towards that as well, right. To just keep the peace as much as possible. Yeah. And I think most of us, 
you know, especially my generation and we're definitely our parents. Oh, yes, definitely my parents' generation. I feel like my generation is on the cusp of that. I don't know if it affects Abigail quite as much, but women are looked at as the nurturers and the caregivers and the doers and the take care of everybody else. And if there's leftovers, great, you can have those when you're done doing all of the stuff for everybody else. And so, you know, that's been something I think that's shifting for women, which I think is fantastic yes. and they yeah, way overdue. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How can your expertise help mothers and daughters who are trying to foster a closer relationship and, and a deeper connection? Yeah, I think I think healing is really the key to just about everything. And mm-hmm. when an individual person can take control over their own healing, it creates a ripple effect out. And whether they realize that or not, not only does it create a ripple effect just kind of in the the collective as a whole, but it starts to inspire and influence the people that are closest to them because those people are going to start noticing the changes and the differences. And they're going to start probably asking like, what are you doing? What's going on? And it will encourage other people to work on their own healing, I think. And then also too, when we start to do our own healing work, we can start looking at our relationships through a different lens than what we did before. And so that can help us either strengthen relationships or recognize that maybe that relationship isn't the best one for me and I need some more boundaries around that and more self-care around that. And so it ultimately strengthens the relationship because you're no longer there to serve somebody else. And so you can be an independent person as part of that whole. Awesome. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and (laughs) to be deeper connected. I mean, we've talked about this on our podcast and in several things, right? Mother daughter relationship, it starts off codependent and it just just keeps going until somebody figures out how to break, you know, I shouldn't say somebody until you both work on breaking that cycle. Right. Yeah. 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 Because it's, it's codependent. And so both of you sort of have to be willing to split that apart. Right. Because See that if, and accept that too first. And then Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and not everybody's willing to do that. Right. And so I, I congratulate both of you for recognizing that and working on that because that's not an easy thing either. Right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's not. But yes. Thank I, you. <laughs> I actually want to backtrack a little too to something else you just said. You mentioned the the lens that we look at our relationships through once we've done our healing work has changed. And I yeah. I, that hit really, that hit deep, that hit at home. Cause we do, we talk about how everybody's lens is different and how our lens shifts the more that we grow and the more that we learn and well, with every experience, with every experience. And it's once you, yeah, it just, once you heal, you don't have that hurt lens anymore. Right. And it changes everything. Yeah. And it's, and you can start looking at your mom as a person right? She's not just mom. She's not not just just an authority figure. It's you can recognize that mom also is a human who has had struggle and challenge and trauma, probably. I mean, who hasn't had some form of trauma? And when we can sort of shift 
and recognize that like our mom is still just a person. I think we can approach that relationship in a different way as well, because it's, we don't put him like in a pedestal glass house anymore. And we can recognize that like, this is just a person who's struggling like I am. And so, yeah, we're going to butt heads sometimes, but that's a place that we can work on versus just having catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I know for me personally, that was a big shift when I was able to recognize or, or come to that, like, oh, mom's not just mom or caregiver or person who's there to fill my needs, right? She's right. Kelly. She's a human. She's K-Dog. Um, exactly. <laughs> that was a huge shift for me personally and in our relationship for sure. Well, honestly, yeah. that was the same for me because you talk Vice about, versa. well, you talk about people pleasing and some of the things that I've learned from you and like, yeah, I learning that I am a person and I'm not just right. somebody's wife, somebody's daughter, somebody's mother. So right. that's very huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of moms fall into that trap, right? Where they, they're just mom now and they're just wife now and they're just daughter now. And it's like, no, 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 you have to find Kelly exactly. and, you know, embrace her and let her blossom the way that she's meant to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you can show me how to embrace Abigail. Yeah, but yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned that your bio was you and that doesn't surprise me because we tend to create the things that we need. Uh-huh. Um, so totally. talk a little bit about your journey through high functioning anxiety to this person who's just like, this is me, everybody here I am and take it or leave it. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely not a, not been a straight line. That's for sure. <laughs> it's really, of course not. you know, when I tell people I'm a work in progress, just like they are, I, I mean that with every fiber of my being. And mm. I grew up being a people pleaser and self-sacrificing and, you know, when I worked for somebody else, I was always the go-to gal because Alicia always got it done. And, but, it, yeah. you know, on the inside, I was effing dying all the time because I was stressed to the max and crying myself to sleep and crying in the bathroom. And like, it was just awful. So a lot of folks are really surprised a lot of times to find out that I've lived with anxiety my whole life because they're like, you're you're always so calm and collected. I'm like, yeah, that's on the outside. Mm-hmm. The inside, that comes easy. No. Yeah, the inside is is chaos. And it's taken me a long time to get to the place that I am, but it's been through a lot of constant work on myself. And, you know, getting attuned to Reiki for the first time, I think was the the doorway that kind of opened me up to all of the other stuff all of the other healing tools, all of the people that have come in and out of my life to support me and really getting to a place where I valued myself enough to say, no, not doing that anymore. Here's what I can offer. Take it or leave it. And it sounds really easy when I say it right now, but it's super fucking scary every time I say that in real life. Agreed. (laughs) I feel it on a soul level. (laughs) Yeah, but it gets easier, right? Like just like everything, the more that you do it, the more it, the more easy it becomes. And, 
you know, I've gotten to a place where I've, I've embraced that I am not for everybody and that is okay. I'm not here for everybody. I'm, I'm here for the people that resonate with me and I'm grateful for all of them. And that is enough. Yes. I, I can't even like, I, yes. know, yeah. I feel like, like a mind just dropped like, shh. <laughs> one more lesson I've yes. taken from Alicia. Exactly. Exactly. Your um, bill is in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another Fair question, because we talk about this on our podcast all the time, the expectation of success. The parents feel it like so strongly, like, oh, I have to do all the, like my child needs to be in a success. So I don't have to worry about them. Well, um, and, and my child needs to be success so that I can be considered a success as a parent. I mean, there's a whole right. lot, right? There's all of those. Um, but I'm yeah. curious what your definition of success is and how that's changed. Oh, it's in definitely, process. definitely changed. So, you know, growing up success was straight A's, graduating in top 10 of my high school class, getting into a good college, all of that stuff, right? The the tangible stuff you can put on paper. Yep. And that has definitely evolved over time where it's not quite as important anymore, that tangible stuff. It's the intangible stuff of how can I be a good friend? How can I be a good daughter? How can I serve my clients in the best way possible that nurtures them as an individual and not just the sort of umbrella thing that everybody gets stuck under? And so I think really to becoming a a small business owner myself, my definition of success has had to change. So yes, it's great when you look at the money piece, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because who doesn't want that? But it's also looking at, the feedback from clients who've said like, you know, before I started working with you, I couldn't even imagine my life as it is now. And so that type of stuff, you know, changing the definition of success to the things that actually truly bring you joy. Like, are you waking up every day happy to be waking up? And if you're not, then take a hard look at what you need to change in your life because literally everything can be changed not all of it's easy to change, but oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. But everything can be worked on and everything can be changed, even if it's one teeny tiny baby step today and one teeny tiny baby step tomorrow. And so my own definition of success now is how much joy do I have in a day? How how can I serve the people that are trusting me to support them? You know, whether that's friends. Mm-hmm my husband's family, clients, students, like, you know, everybody needs something different and being able to recognize that and approach everybody as an individual, I think is also a sign of success. Cause like Kelly, what you need is probably different than what Abigail needs. And so, yeah, you're both amazing, but I'm probably not going to approach each of you in exactly the same manner. So Snowflakes. snowflakes. Exactly. <laughs> We're all snowflakes. Exactly. It's funny. Yeah. We said that same thing when we were talking about our private coaching. We were like, how do we just blanket? And like, we can't. Yeah. It's just uniquely crafted to each mother-daughter relationship that we yeah. work with. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which, and I think I, you know, I think people are starting to come around to that idea. 
right? Because in the past, people would be like, what's your program? What do you offer? What's the checklist? And it's like, that's right. Nobody fits into a freaking checklist these days, right? And, that's and it's for the bandaid, I think. Well, I don't think anybody ever yeah. did fit into a checklist. I, I agree. We tried to force ourselves, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, you know, people tried to make it nice and neat and in a box because that was nice and neat and in a box, which is how, you know, most people have grown been brought up and what society thinks you should be doing and all of that nonsense and it's like when we can just kind of let it go and just say that's not working so I'm going to do what's working and we're going to do it this way yeah it, um, it everything you just talked about reminded me of two different kind of like quotes or mottos that I like to remind myself and one going back to like every, everything can be changed. Every little thing can be changed. Um, it was actually something that a keynote speaker at my sister's undergrad college graduation said, I don't even, uh-huh. I don't even remember who it was like uh, the rest it, of the talk. It was the Dean of the school. I know oh, we were about see, to say, I don't even know. But what I do remember was he said, we are not trees. If you don't like the view from where you're sitting, change it. Yeah. 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 It's huge. The second quote is I lost it. Okay, good. <laughs> It'll come. Staying on theme. I love it's it. gone. <laughs> It'll come okay. to you as soon as we're done, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I have two more questions, and okay. we've come to decide that this one is our favorite one. Oh, it might be the yeah. most important. It certainly okay. is. What is your favorite cookie? Oh, you know, if I could resurrect my grandmother, Nana. Her oatmeal raisin cookie was probably the best cookie, but I can't eat anybody else's oatmeal raisin cookies. So mm-hmm. um, please don't send me any, anybody. Okay. <laughs> um, but on an average day, I think I would just go old school chocolate chip. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm with yeah. you. Awesome. Right. Especially when they're warm and they're gooey and mm. a little bit of milk. Like it's perfect. Or coffee. We'll stick with the coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And my last question, well, with the coffee, before I ask the last question, I want to thank you for joining us today. I'm super excited. And thank you for having me. um, I don't think I know that what you shared with our audience is definitely going to be beneficial. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And then speaking of that, how can anyone in our audience who might want to reach out to you or learn more about what you do or, Oh, actually, before we go there, I just have to talk about like, we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about the things that we've learned from Alicia, but we haven't talked about the jewelry or the art and they're like little wearable for me. I I call them wearable or like memories of pieces of Alicia in my home. And it reminds Mm -hmm. me of the things that she's kind of taught me and what she means to me. And I have a the lotus that you did with me with the dart that I dot I'm sorry that I love. And originally I was like, oh, I'm gonna have it in my office. And then I I have these little shelves at the very end of the hallway as I'm walking into my bedroom. So every mm-hmm. time I go to the bathroom or I walk to my bedroom, or it's like it's I see it. And so it's amazing. It Aww, makes me you're gonna make me cry over here. I'm sorry, because... but it's what I do. Well, so I know. I actually then before, because that reminded me of another question I I we wanted to ask you was you've started or not started. It's been a while now that you've been diving into the um, Reiki infused jewelry and then the art mm-hmm. and like how two-part question. 
we were almost done, but no, I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What was your natural flow? How did you get to, I know what you've really been diving into lately is the jewelry and the art. And so what like led you to that modality? And do you, do you have a preference? Do you like the art more or the jewelry more, or is it kind of like whatever, whatever you're being called to create? Yeah. So, um, I'll start with the second part. It's really whatever I'm inspired to do on any given day. So some days it is all about the jewelry and some days it is all about the art and some days it's all about not doing either of those things and just doing something else. But both of those things were actually an inspiration from spirit. And so, um, in Reiki one, I teach my students and we learn about crystals and how Each of the chakras have crystals associated to them along with all these other things. And so one day spirit said, hey, guess what? We want you to start making uh, Reiki infused crystal healing jewelry. And I started gut laughing because I was like, we don't know how to make any sort of jewelry. (laughs) What are you you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. And spirit was just like, I'll figure it out. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. And so I just, I went on YouTube and thank God for YouTube. And I started looking at different tutorials about materials and how to instruct things and just started playing with stuff. And my first attempts were absolutely disastrous. And so there's a lot of learning, a lot of cursing, and there's still a lot of learning and a lot of cursing. So periodically, you know, spirit will pop in and say, oh, try this style or try this material or try this thing. And but really, it all makes sense. Right. Because it's you know, I can put Reiki into the jewelry. And so I joke with people that it's my healing on the go option for folks. They can carry it with them all the time. I love that. That's awesome. Um, And then the art stuff was a prompt from spirit as well. And that has been a way for me to work on healing my perfectionism. So for a long time, I would not allow myself to do anything creative because I didn't know what I was doing and I wouldn't be good at it. And so shifting away from that and just shifting into, well, if it looks like crap and I hate it, what's the worst that happens? Like the world's not going to stop spinning. I just throw it out and try again. And so just leaning into that has been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been frustrating as hell sometimes when <laughs> I have an idea and I can't figure out how to make it be. But, you know, and again, it was just making whatever I'm guided to make. And so some of it is, you know, intention-based with love and some is light language stuff and and then some is just this is fun and this is what I want to make and if somebody likes it great if nobody likes it great <laughs> you know it's about the creating really and mm. and hoping it touches somebody else in in some way love it and Thank I'm you. laughing at the uh it's been fun but frustrating as hell at times it was like you were yeah. describing the mother-daughter relationship right there yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah right yeah, it's a good art's a good reflection for a lot of things. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so how Finally, can question. people reach you if they would like to learn more <laughs> or check out your art or sign up for a Reiki class or any of all of the things that you do? Yeah, so probably the one-stop shop would be my website, which is just www.liveitloveitwellness.com. 
And so there you can read more about me. You can see my picture with Chewbacca down at Disney. Um, I do have an online shop where you can shop my creations as well. It's all part of the website. And um, as part of the website, you can also see my Reiki classes. You can see other events. So I have some vendor events, um, typically in the fall and the spring and all sorts of stuff. So that's probably the best place. I do have a, a Facebook page as well. And I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, Instagram, I'm just under my name, Alicia Mastrangelo. Uh, Facebook business page has both. So live it, love it, wellness, Alicia Mastrangelo. Excellent. And we'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Oh, so gosh, people yeah. can find you easily. Thank you. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was oh, fun. Thank you. Yeah, this has been such an honor, such a pleasure. Oh, you guys are the best. Right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks. That has been one of our many friends and people that we have been privileged to learn from. We talk mm-hmm. about modeling behavior. We have learned from Alicia be- modeling so behavior. Much. So, so much. Yeah. Well, so guess thank we'll- you so much for listening, everybody, yeah. and tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us on our journey today. If you liked what you heard and are looking for more, make sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow us on social media, but for the most fun, go find us on TikTok at The Mother Daughter Journey. See you next time.